Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving at Hello and welcome to Box to Box, the show that is everything football on Macquarie Radio, NTS News Talk Sport. Here with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. First edition news with Willem Bandander and shortly, and a real treat tonight in the second hour, an extended interview with a long-time friend of the program, Socceroo and Hull City man Jackson Irvine, who is coming up to the end of a stellar season with the Tigers. Still in with a chance of the Premier League playoffs. We'll have a, a long chat with Jackson about uh, his year with uh, the Tigers and the Socceroos and a few opinions on uh, other things going on in Australian football. But to get us started, the story of the week in domestic football has been the state of the SCG pitch following the Big Blue to go through the fallout of all that. And, of course, the outstanding year his club is having under first-year coach Steve Corrick at Sydney FC CEO Danny Townsend. Just three rounds to go in the A-League, our former Notts County man and 250. 50-game veteran of the Victorian Premier League, Dean Hennessy, ahead of this weekend's around 25 of the A-League in the second hour. As we always do, Willem will kick off with second edition news and the latest in Soccer Central. As I've already mentioned, we'll then talk to Jackson Irvine and all the European action with Dino and wrap it up with stoppage time. Edge, um, you know, you sort of start off with uh, the big story in the A-League, but by the time you get to uh, sitting in the studio to do the show, we've got uh, a couple of incredible Champions League ties, Asian Champions League. Uh, it's been a big week. It's been a big week. You know, every now and again, I like to have a theme for my uh, opening oh, segment. I've got a theme. Themes, eh? And the theme is reality. Mm. And the reality's bitten hard this week, hasn't it? Matilda's went down to the USA. Uh, in a Honourable loss. So honorable loss, but late. we still went down. Um, I was hoping for a bit a better of a result than that. Um, Sydney FC and Melbourne victory, as far as I'm concerned, continue to disappoint mm. in the Asian Champions League. And we, that is a real reality. There was when a, you look at all the ladders. Yeah, yeah there was yeah. a golfing class uh, in Melbourne victory's game uh, during the week, which uh, was fairly obvious and uh, pretty hard not to ignore. And, um, and David Koch... The uh, AFL Port Adelaide Club president extracted $1.5 million out of the federal government for his China project in a week when the A-League clubs played two of China's biggest and most popular clubs, which would have drawn massive TV audiences in China. What is the FFA doing wrong when it comes to government subsidies and support for sport diplomacy when, with all the greatest respect to Port Adelaide, that event is nothing on what... uh, Melbourne Victory and Sydney FC did mm. uh, this week. Yeah. So it's a bit of a reality, uh, and it just proves that in all areas and facets of our game, we need to do better. Yeah, we do edge, but I think we all know that the, the, the truth of the matter is that it's a long game for football in this country. It's hard up against the competing codes that are the established codes in this country that um, ultimately the, the population of Australia will grow, the immigration population will expand, and, and football will just through time alone, take its eventual position, but it's not going to happen quickly. Is it? Hey, Willem, you got some news for us? Hey, Michael, yeah, I do. Uh, I do agree victory outclassed, but I think I'm a little bit more bullish on the Sky Blues. Sydney FC's Asian Champions League campaign remains alive after a thrilling three all draw with Shanghai SIPG. Sydney led on three separate occasions, but had to settle for a point in what was a fantastic match, in my opinion. They do sit bottom of their group with two points, but are just two points adrift of progression with three matches to play. Heading into the A-League finals, Steve Corrig has boldly declared Sydney will destroy 
league opposition if they can replicate that display. He's not one for the big statement normally, but I think it's justified that they're shaping up very nicely. They're very good, um, and you're right. Uh, they'll probably need 10 points to qualify to go through to the next round they of the Asian jump. Champions League. They've got Twice two well. of their remaining three games away from home. They would need to win one of those, at least. Can't tell you the last time Sydney FC won on the road. I think it's uh, the odds are against them. They blew their chance, leading 3-2 late in the game. They blew it. They were good enough. They were fantastic, actually, and they were good enough to win. Uh, and you got to, I think, you got to win your home games in that competition. Um, enthralling television, it was all. As much as um, the Melbourne victory stuff was hard to watch um, from an Australian football perspective, it was a fantastic spectacle. They're absolutely packed house. Mm. You see red everywhere, mm. and uh, and, a, and a real superstar who was <laughs> didn't he turn it on? Absolutely. Mm. Western Sydney Wanderers have warned Sydney FC not to take their finals matches to the soon-to-be-completed Bankwest Stadium. Sydney have been slated to play their finals at the SCG, but with the surface there questionable, they may be looking elsewhere. Western Sydney is due to christen its new Parramatta home in July, and Wanderers CEO John Setsimus has flatly denied any prospect of their crosstown rivals beating them to it. He stated, everyone knows it's Wanderers' home ground. We'll be the first football match there, and we won't be entertaining any other discussion. Yeah, well, will he be entertaining any other discussion? Will the FFA be entertaining any other discussion? The only place in Sydney um, capable of hosting a match of that standard right now with uh, all the corporate uh, facilities that's needed will be that stadium. Now, the uh, the situation as it stands is that Parramatta will be um, launching the stadium on uh, on Easter Monday in the NRL. The Wanderers have got one final home game, so if they want to uh, to debut and be the first club ever to play, they could easily uh, have a conversation and get the ball rolling about uh, about playing that game at Bankwest, and um, and then get ahead in ahead of Sydney forevermore. They'll be the first team to have played there. Um, I don't think Leeds are going to be too concerned um, when they come in July about not being the first ever team. No, I don't uh, know the answer to this, Rob, but you would have thought if I was the Western Sydney Wanderers CEO yeah. and I was negotiating a long-term tenancy at uh, Bankwest Stadium, yeah. I'll tell you what, I would have got the stadium to agree that we were the first football match. Yeah. And that would have been locked in stone a long time ago. And if it is... Uh, he's right that it's really not his problem. It's an A-League and Sydney FC problem. And if there's a contractual arrangement between the stadium and Western Sydney that they're the first game um, to reflect the uh, commitment that Western Sydney's made to the stadium, so be it as far as I'm concerned. I'm standing up for all those Western Sydney mm. fans. Sydney FC. Mate, it was my old stomping ground. When, play in the car park. Uh, when I was a kid, the old, Cumberland, the car park. The old Cumberland Oval. Uh, Matilda's like, played in the car park my, for one game. With apparently. my dad and my brothers to Cumberland Oval, Tim and I used to uh, get paid Here 20 cents to carry the blackboard around with all of the, uh, the raffle tickets get numbers and then we'd sit on the sideline uh, for the Did second half. Uh, what was the used... payment? Was it a pie? No, or... it was 20 cents. 20 and, cents. Um, and we were allowed to sit on the sidelines and our mates would be chucking stuff from the other side of the fence. But we sat next to Sturlow, who we actually went to school with. Uh, we were grade five and six and he was in year 12 when he debuted for Parramatta that year. So uh, uh, it's come a long way, the old Cumberland Oval. But let's see what Danny Townsend says um, when we chat to him shortly because he'll have some views on this subject. A couple of the A-League's best performers have escaped serious injury, with Chris Economides and Terry Antonis both likely to return in time for finals. Economides suffered only superficial damage to his shoulder against the Mariners, allowing fears he dislocated it, having done so previously. And Antonis could return to training as early as this week, having been cleared of a suspected ACL injury in last Saturday's Big Blue. Antonis collapsed on the edge of the cricket pitch square at the SCG, sparking furore over the state of the ground, 
Uh, Sydney FC have moved their scheduled SAG clash with Perth to Cogra, and as mentioned, Danny Townsend will be on a little bit later to discuss it further. Yeah, thank God for that. It's one of those things you, you, you never... Uh, expect that the news will be good when you see those sort of injuries do you always think that nah, they'll do the MRI and then we'll find out tomorrow he's done his ACL and he's out for the year so one for the good guys there and Cogra's surface looked pretty good last night yeah you know it's a nice surface and as is Leichhardt over the unfortunate thing about him is that uh, you know they haven't um, had a dollar spent on them since uh, Johnny Raper was running around for the Dragons mate so you know it's uh, not very well stopped most for unfortunate name but um mm. <laughs> But what about to that? No, no, they've spent a bit of money down at St George, haven't they? Isn't there a new grandstand? Oh and... yeah, there's a new. I'm, I'm exaggerating a little yeah. bit, but mate, there's a lot of grass. There. What do they call that place now? Cogra Jubilee Oval. Oh, but it's got a some corporate name. I don't know what it is. It's, uh, <laughs> but it's some funny name. Cogra Jubilee Oval. That's what I remember mm. it as. Aaron Moy has found himself at the centre of a heartwarming story, walking a seven-year-old yeah. girl, Bella, onto the pitch before Huddersfield's clash with Leicester. Bella, a cancer patient, had taken a shining to Moy during the World Cup noticing that his bald head resembled her own. Bella had flown from Texas to meet mm. Moy, who Beautiful scored story. a penalty in the match. We never get penalties, Moy said. She gave us that luck today. I'm glad she was happy I scored. Uh, I, I read an article about it. So her, her dad um, was watching the Disney Channel with her on the lounge. She fell asleep in his arms and um, and he flicked on to the World Cup and he was watching Australia play. And uh, and she woke up in the middle of the night and, uh, and saw Aaron Moy and she said, he looks like me. And then it all went from there. Isn't so, it fantastic? Yeah, yeah. What are they singing? Uh, the Huddersfield, sand, uh, Huddersfield fans are Aaron, Aaron Moy. He's got don't no hair, but we don't, don't care. care. Aaron, Aaron Moy. <laughs> fantastic, Aaron. And I, I did follow that on social media. It was very touching. And Huddersfield did a great job. And uh, they're going down. We just wonder what the future for our Aaron Moy holds. Yeah, it is. It's one of those tricky ones, isn't it? We often hear... He's uh, good again. He was their best player in a, in a pretty poor uh, result for... Uh, Home team, Huddersfield Town, but he, he, he played quite well. Well, maybe Little Bella will have a new team to follow um, uh, in the next season. We'll wait and see. Well, well done. Uh, stick around, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to talk to Danny Townsend next. We want to find out uh, what the backstory is around the SCG surface. Clever move, the only move to make to shift that uh, game to Jubilee Oval. But what's going to happen for the next few years? Because it, the uh, the traffic on that ground is going to be heavy, heavy, heavy. So they're going to have to come up with an option. So we will ask Danny about that and a few other things next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you the Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Well, when uh, Graham Arnold took the top job at the Socceroos last year, many thought that um, Sydney FC might be in for a tricky season following uh, with a new coach but uh, it hasn't happened that way has it um, Stevie Corrick has done some wonderful work particularly uh, underscored by the fact that uh, so many of the big names left and, and new players who've become the big names of the Sky Blues have, have taken over and uh, the man who runs that club uh, Danny Townsend he's on the line welcome to uh, Box to Box Danny. Thanks for having me. Yeah mate and look uh, we we primarily got you on off the back of the events of, uh, of last weekend, and we obviously want to talk about the SCG, but uh, uh, in your wildest dreams, would you have, well, I guess you, in your wildest dreams, you would have expected and hoped that this would have been the outcome, but uh, um, but you must sit back a, a pretty comfortable man uh, with uh, the you know the, the second spot on the ladder, um, still a, a live chance, um, although an unlikely one of, um, of knocking off Perth. Yeah, look, I think uh, we've we've not won anything yet, and I think that's probably where our club sets the standards. So I wouldn't say we're we're overly uh, beside ourselves with joy, but yeah, look, I think as you you let in, there's been a lot of adversity 
uh, for the club over the last 12 months. And, and I think the way Steve and the team have carried things forward after Graham's departure has been a credit to all of them and, and everyone at the club. And, yeah, we've set ourselves up nicely for a run-in to, to pick up a couple of trophies, potentially. And the story of the week, and, and we obviously wanted to get you on to discuss this and um, and and the future, because, you know, the, uh, the the new Sydney Football Stadium, Allianz Stadium, whatever it ends up being called, is uh, is going to be um, out of play for, for several years to come. So this issue needs to, to um, have a, a plan around it going forward. But uh, uh, the fortunately, Terry Antonis um, wasn't... Um, injured as severely as we'd originally thought but uh, there was a lot of hysteria coming out of it the optics of the ground um, were probably the worst of the lot but uh, the fact that that uh, that pitch that's been in place in the middle of the ground since 1888 um, is uh, is clearly uh, a, a very distinct um, distinctly different surface um, as well as the obviously the look um, gave rise to, to all of the, the fallout that um, that subsequently happened yeah, look, it wasn't ideal. You know, I think, um, you know, the Big Blue is always a big occasion and you want to give the players the best opportunity to deliver a uh, performance that their fans can be proud of. And, and I think, unfortunately, the aesthetics of it, as you hit the nail on the head, it, the optics probably drove a lot of that um, hysteria, as you put it. You know, we were pretty disappointed that, that most of the, the conversations had the next day and, and on the evening of the game were largely driven by grass and not about the performance mm. that Stephen and, and his team put in. But, you know, I think, as I said, it's important that we set high standards for our league and, and you know, Kevin was was pretty uh, clear in his press, presser after the game that he didn't feel it was an adequate surface and, and I think he was probably right. Danny... Um... In terms of, in terms of Kevin's comments, um, they're sort of more broadly than broader than the, the the just the surface. It was more a reflection on what he thinks is sometimes the sport is um, not discriminated against, but the sport's taken a little bit lightly in sort of demanding um, you know a pristine surface for our games. Um, how do you view those comments in in light of um, you know you've had a you've you've got a situation where you've got a new stadium being built and you've got to make do with patchwork quilt of stadiums to to get by i mean should a league clubs be demanding of stadiums first class services to play matches is that a given or do we compromise based on the traffic that they get yeah look i think Muskie was right and and you know we need to, to work hard with the different curators of pitches to get them to better understand the requirements of, of a league football you know uh, we're the only code, really, that play, has a huge importance on, on the role of the ball on the field. You know, the rugby unions, the rugby leagues, the AFLs, to an extent, they're largely played above the ground, and, and we're a code that's played on the ground if it's played well. And, um, you know, we need to ensure that the integrity of our games is is, is looked after, and I, and I think it is a difficult thing for groundsmen to get their head around. Preparing a football surface is a lot harder than preparing one for, for the rugby coach. Danny, let's just change tack. Um, my favourite competition is the Asian Champions League. I just love it. Uh, and obviously, uh, this is I asked this question last week of Kevin Musket. Um, so um, you can take your Sydney hat off just for one moment and reflect as a football person on the challenge that A-League clubs have in the Asian Champions League, travel, um, budget, squads. Um, <clears throat> what is uh, you know What are your feelings towards the Asian Champions League and... Um, putting aside that unbelievable performance by Western Sydney to win it um, all those years ago, um, will we see another Australian team win the Asian Champions League soon? 
Look, I think we definitely go into those competitions uh, with a view to winning them. And yes, there's there's difficulties in, in comparisons to other leagues and the, the budgets that a lot of those other major Asian uh, countries are, are running as compared to, to the A League are significantly higher. And you know, but we all know football matches aren't won with checks; they're, they're sort of won on the field. And, and I think we definitely uh, put together a, a bunch of players that are always going to be competitive. You know, I think we haven't had the success in recent years and we would have liked. Obviously, the Wanderers winning it um, a bunch of years ago now was an amazing achievement, particularly so early on in their their sort of tenure as a club. And I think that you know, as life goes on, we probably look back at that and realise what an achievement it really was. But, you know, I, I would always say, you know, we've got an opportunity to represent our country in an, in an Asian environment and demonstrate that our league is, is one that is going to be competitive, even though we may not be matching it. With a balance sheet, we'll be we'll be matching it on the field, and and I think we gave a great account of ourselves last night. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Sydney FC CEO Danny Townsend. Yeah, Danny, it's Dean here. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dean. Uh, just a quick question on. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of debate there. There's a new board that's just been uh, inducted, and uh, you know, obviously, there's potential change moving forward. What's your thoughts on the expansion, and also the the thoughts on the second division? Yeah, look, I think we've always got to continue to refresh the competition. Um, you know, we we owe it to the fans to deliver a better product and continue to improve that product. And I think expansion's an important part of that. You know, I've always been a advocate for expansion but I always add sensible expansion to that and, and I think you know the way we're going about it at the moment is, is definitely going down that path and I think you know bringing in uh, one team next year the team another team the year after that is, is going to continue to reinvigorate the league you know I think ultimately any football fan um, would want to see promotion relegation at some point when when, when the, the market is ready to sustain it and I think We've still got a long way to go as A-League clubs to be sustainable financially. Um, it's well documented the cumulative losses across all of the clubs over the last 15 years is, 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 uh, is significant. So, you know, I think we should always have an ambition to get there. I think if we don't have that ambition as a, as a code, then, then we're, we shouldn't be in the game. But So I think it's definitely something we should strive for and we've just got to work our way through it carefully. Have you got any ideas, Danny, based on what you've just said there? Is Have you got, like, if you're looking forward yourself, most probably, obviously, with a Sydney FC hat on, of yeah. the initiatives that, that you're trying to, to implement to, to get them to that level where it is sustainable? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, part of the, the view around independence of the A-League is about ensuring that the owners who have been putting in significant amounts of money for a long period of time now have a little bit more control over how that money is being spent and ensuring that we're maximising the commercial returns that will enable them to keep reinvesting in the league you know, by, by putting higher quality marquees on the pitch week in, week out, investing in our youth academies to drive you know, better outcomes for our national teams. You know, there's, there's, there's a multitude of different things that need to be done, but they all need to be done with a view to creating a sustainable financial environment for our league to prosper in. And, and I think it's not just one single thing that's going to achieve that. It's 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 a multitude of things working together to to get us to a point where we're moving the game forward sustainably. So, Danny, you're a visionary. Um, you started a business called Repucom, which uh, um, you uh, sold at the peak of its uh, of its uh, powers. Twenty offices around the world, two thousand staff. You were in 2015. You were named one of the uh, 40 most influential sports executives around. 
around the world at the US Sports Awards. Now, John Satsimas has come out um, today and said that uh, there's no chance that Wanderers Crosstown Rivals, i.e. you, will be playing at their <laughs> stadium um, before the end of the season. But all of us think that the visionary that you are, you should be getting on the front foot and sorting something out because you've got this fantastic stadium um, 45 minutes away um, and, uh, and that's where the finals should be played. Who are you talking about again? John who? Ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but again, no, no, look, look, KT and I have a good working relationship. Mm. And look, I think, you know, all I can do is put myself in his shoes. Mm. And if we were building a fantastic new stadium, you know, and, and there was an opportunity for our Crosstown rivals to beat us to the punch with mm. a launch, I think it would be, you know, disrespectful to them. I, I don't think in this, this current climate we need to be doing anything to disrupt each other. We've got a, a task on our hands. To, to get the most out of the game and get the best outcomes for our clubs. And I think, look, obviously it's the FFA's call, but I would be very surprised. And you've got a derby this weekend. You're not supposed to be diplomatic. You're supposed to be, uh, you know, jumping on his toes and saying we oh. have every intention of doing what he does. Yeah, I, have, do. I, I have other ways of doing that, but I think <laughs> this one's one that is sort of out of our control. It's an FFA decision, and look, mm. the FFA will make the call that they want to make. You know, mm. Obviously, it's going to be a fantastic stadium, and it's a stadium that... Yeah, we look forward to playing in. We've always enjoyed playing at Parramatta Stadium. I think we played a couple of games there before the Wanderers existed as a club. And um, going back there at some point to play them in, in you know, a fierce derby is something forever under relish. Danny, um, we noted with interest that John Didlitzer, the uh, PFA CEO, mentioned um, a couple of times over the last week that uh, the PFA at least favours a independent commission for the new independent A-League. In other words, people that are don't have any direct ties to clubs running the A-League, uh, who are voted in, obviously, by the clubs. But um, And we obviously have noted that the Professional uh, Football Clubs Association, uh, representing the A-League clubs, have talked about a representative commission. In other words, a la the Premier League in England, where representative clubs sit on the commission to run the league. Um, are you in a position to proffer any views one way or the other about uh, what would be your preference in, in terms of how that commission is made up? Yeah, like probably the latter is where I would lean, but at the same time, you know, I'm not intimately involved in the New League Working Group and the mechanics that have driven them to the position they're at right now. But look, I think the most important thing is that we get the change and we get the change you know, as quickly as we can. An independent A-League is, is a must for us to be able to continue to invest in the league and grow that investment to ensure the product is a better product because you know, I think we all know right now that the metrics around the league are relatively stagnant and we need, we need to reinvigorate it. In terms of who sits on that commission, you know, I just I would just want people who are progressive and, and keen to, to make change and take risks and do things that we need to do to stand out in a really competitive sports environment. So you know, I'm probably less worried about you know, how they're aligned and, and more interested in what impact they can make around, you know, a positive change for the game. Hey, Danny, it's been great chatting to you, mate. We could talk to you um, all night uh, if we had the opportunity, but uh, good luck this weekend and for the, for the rest of the season and um, we'll enjoy, uh, hopefully, along with uh, with all football supporters in this country, what uh, is shaping as, as a pretty um, entertaining finals uh, series and um, hopefully, for your sake, uh, the Sky Blues uh, get a result in one form or another. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be an exciting couple of weeks. There's some big games of football coming up and hopefully all the fans get out off the couch and get out and see games. So uh, thanks very much for having me on, guys. 
No worries. Thanks, Danny. Danny Thanks, Townsend, Danny. CEO of Sydney Bye. FC. All right, we'll stick he's around. He's good, wasn't he? Yeah, Danny's very good. He knows his stuff, and uh, he's a really uh, intelligent executive of the game and the sort of person that we need running um, the business of football in this country, isn't he? Um, all right, Tarek Elrich next. Um, we're going to find out what's going on down at the Wanderers ahead of this derby uh, next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We were talking to Danny Townsend before the break, but now we're going to talk about the derby with a man who is a man of my own blood, Tarek Elrich. Shamdila Benazarek. <laughs> As we'll just we just had it. an amazing conversation off off air, which we should have had on air, which was Rob um, trying to convince Tarek of his Lebanese heritage. I and... didn't have to go very hard, did I, Tarek? You could understand. I was giving <laughs> oh, you mate, he, ripped out, he ripped out some food names. He ripped out the, the areas where all the lebs are. Yeah. But, yeah, with the last name of Gilbert, mate, uh, yeah, he's going to be pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> but as I said to you, my mum's my, my maiden name was Mansour, and uh, we grew up. You were a Granville boy. I'm a Guildford boy, mate. We're just uh, we're five minutes. Exactly. We're, we're relations. probably related. Well, mate, all the <laughs> Lebanese are relations, are we, mate? <laughs> Some way. Yeah, well, mate, uh, it, it, the, uh, my, one of my brothers, uh, Pat, who uh, he's a, a big Wanderers fan, lives in North Parramatta, always gets to the games. Uh, he's been uh, on board since day one. And, uh, mate, look, it's just great to see because, you know, I, I, I went to Fairfield Patricia Brothers and for our national audience, it was a rugby league school back in those days. But it's it's become a, a football school now. And uh, and where Tarek grew up in, uh, in Granville, uh, you know, rugby league central really, wasn't it, when we grew up, mate? Yeah, of course. And... Even my school, you know, I, I went to Granville Boys High and, you know, a lot of our Islander schoolmates, they, they all played rugby league and uh, so did a lot of my Lebanese mates. So mm. soccer was a hard one. Um, mm. There wasn't too many of us playing it, but I stuck with the Turks. They yes. got me through. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, it's, it's good to be coming up in this region and, you know, Western Sydney, uh, obviously when we uh, first assembled, uh, mm-hmm. was the, the greatest thing ever. Been a bit down at the moment in terms mm. of being at Homebush and yeah, uh, obviously yeah. the results as well. Uh, change of coaches, so yeah. I just feel like we're the Parramatta Stadium away yes. from uh, turning things around. Yeah, exactly, and and um, and that beautiful stadium. I was up there. Um, you know, visiting the family recently, and uh, it's just such an imposing building there, isn't it? And uh, and once uh, you look at some of those digital graphics of, of what that stadium's going to be like, uh, you must be super excited um, to, to to get into that stadium and uh, and uh, you know bring bring the bring the vo- the mojo back after you know being the wandering minstrels for the last couple of seasons. I think that's that's the thing I miss the most. Uh, you know, the first season playing at Parramatta Stadium. Those are the memories I was left with when I left the Wanderers. And then when mm. I come back, it just didn't feel the same. So, um, look, it's, it's no excuse, but I've done a few tours of the new stadium. For me, by far the best stadium in Australia. And mm. uh, hopefully, you know, we can, as you mentioned, get that mojo back, get the fans uh, out there supporting us in big numbers. You know, we are from the West. We are from Parramatta. And, you know, we just uh, can't wait to, to finally run out in front of our home crowd um, where, you know, we can make that place a fortress and hopefully uh, we can, you know, sign some quality players, uh, you know, because uh, in the A-League every, every year you're uh, turning, you know, half your squad over. So mm-hmm. uh, Marcus and JP and uh, the guys in the office have uh, got a big job in assembling a good team. But with the way things have been going on the pitch for us in the last, few, in the last month or so, you know, we 
we'll go into next season uh, full of confidence. Well, it looks like you've been building something. I definitely have felt the last five weeks in particular, Tarek, the um, as you started to turn the corner um, and um, it coincided with the fact of um, Mitchell Duke coming to the club. Tell us about Mitchell. Um, obviously, we, we know him well from his time in the A-League previously up at Brisbane, but uh, we followed him closely. He had a very good um, few seasons in Japan. And um, what's he brought to the group um, over the last month or so? I think he just brings that energy. Um, if you spend about 20 minutes with, uh, with Duke, he... Uh, Tends to get on your nerves a little bit. You know, <laughs> one of those people who's just like, man, just relax. It's eight thirty in the morning. I don't really want to be having a guy jumping around me uh, at training. So, I think that's the biggest thing he's brought. You know, his energy on the pitch. Uh, even at training, sometimes when you have to mark him, you know, he's, he's a rapid player. Um, you know, when he was at Central Coast, I feel he was uh, a lot more raw than what he is now. I think in Japan. Um, He's learnt a lot as a player, um, and he's brought it back to the A-League. He was uh, very popular in Japan with his club. The fans loved him. Yeah, because, you know, he's, uh, as I mentioned before, you know what you're going to get from Juki. He's yeah. going to go out on the pitch. He's going to run for as long as he can run. Uh, he's going to bring that energy. And, you know, as a defender, you know, you hate marking guys like this that, you know, never stop. You know, the ball's going out, you, or you think it's going out, and they somehow keep it in. So, um yeah, it's a credit to him. It's it's never never easy coming in in that sort of situation where the team's not doing well, when the you know bottom end of the table, and it just hasn't been our year uh, to come in and uh, and do what he's done has been great. And you know you got young Kwame Boa as well who's yep. come in and uh, done, yeah, he's done made a impact, good job yeah. as well. So yeah, look, uh, we we brought some some boys in uh, real late in saying that. Yeah, we turned the the corner a little bit, but I think we left a little bit uh, too late. But you know the the beauty of uh, the the A League is that there is no relegation. There's always next season. So yeah, we'll just keep building. This is box to box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to our Lebanese brother Tarek Elrich from the Western Sydney Wanderers, and a bloke who is not Lebanese, Tarek. I promise you, when you hear him, he is uh, a confused Welsh Englishman. How are you, Tarek? It's Dean Hennessy. How are you? Hey mate, there you go. Yeah, welcome to the show. Now um, you've been in the uh, the A League pretty well from the inception and so you've got a really good you know navigation of where it's been from the beginning to where you are right now what's what's your thoughts in the general sense of the league what would it be 13 or 14 years in advance from when it started yeah look for me um when the a-league first started no one knew how much life it had in it no one knew the future of it so it was all new and raw so everyone just kind of went year by year you know, I, I feel it's a lot more professional. There's a lot more, you know, now the strength and conditioning coaches and all this sports science side mm. of things, which is uh, very different to, you know, the first few years of the A-League. Um, me, personally, I, I feel in the last probably three, four years, maybe, it's kind of died off a bit um, in terms of support, in terms of fans watching it on TV, uh, which is very disappointing because um, at this stage, uh, when you compare ourselves with the MLS, for example, we kind of started at the same sort of time and where they are now, where we've stayed, it's a bit disappointing, but, you know, we're uh, working as hard as we can, the players on the pitch to to make it a better game and, you know, PFA, FFA um, working uh, together as well to to try and make the game as big as possible. Um, For us as players, um, you know, we're working as hard as we can to to build a foundation for the, the younger generation and you know, uh, for us, uh, when we look at things, you know, 10 years from now, 
you know, these young boys that we're fighting for now, you know, their minimum wage might double to what mm. we had, for yeah. example. So we'll probably never reap the rewards, but we definitely want to grow the game for the future. Now, Tarek, I've got two. Well, I've got one uh, statement, and then I've got one question. The statement is, what a cracking goal against Perth Glory in the dying <laughs> seconds. Hey, how, how, did that, how did that feel? Because you looked pretty excited when you scored. Yeah, look, for me, for the team as a whole, yeah. I think uh, we were always on the receiving end of that stuff. You know, copping an equaliser in the last kick of the game or losing a game in the last minute. Like, it's kind of been the story of our season. And to play against, the, for me, the best team in the league and to have that, you know, it was, the whole week was all about Popper's return, it's, you know, the home turn of Popovich. It was all made out to be about them and, uh, yeah. rather than not us. So, yeah. uh, you know... <laughs> To be honest, probably my last two crosses before that goal were pretty poor. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to kick it as hard as I can. <laughs> Close your eyes. And, 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 and honestly, it went in. So it I didn't cut my eyes. My eyes were open. So <laughs> I did kick it really hard. Now, the other question I wanted to ask you was, obviously, it's, it's a 10-team league. And I'm big on this expansion. What, what What's the magic number? I've got 16 in my head uh, where you get 30 games home and away. What's your thoughts? Yeah, look, I personally um, think we need to expand it in terms of numbers. 16 is a good number for me. The problem is that everyone's arguing at the moment is do we have enough quality in the local league? Which I think, you know, if you actually really dig deep, you can find some quality players. A lot of them fall off the pace because they feel like they're not going to get an opportunity. But if you do have 16 teams, then obviously it, it might keep people in the game for an extra year or two at that age of 18, 19. Mm. So, yeah, look, I think it needs to be like, like the NRL, like the AFL. The more teams, the better. Give more people yeah. an opportunity. You're bringing in more foreigners. You're spending more money. So I, I personally think an expansion. But the hard thing is, is uh, in Australia is the, the stadium availability. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, say, third to AFL and Rugby League, and if we, we play in summer, which is pretty hot and pretty hard on us, and it takes a toll on our bodies, but, you know, if, we, if, if our league was to expand to, say, 30 games a year, we're going to have to somehow find a way to, to share the stadiums. And, you know, I know everyone's kicking up stinks when they hear about government uh, spending money on all these new stadiums, but, you know, we're, we're entertainers. We're, this is a job for us. And, yeah. Oh, Tarek, I think all that's just a distraction because the reality of it is that the, the, the state government was re-elected and the majority of the people thought, thought that it needed to be. Mate, I'm sorry we're going to have to wrap it up. Next time you come down to Melbourne, mate, I want you to bring some kibinaya from your sitter or from your mum and we'll get <laughs> you into dad. the studio. Oh, your dad, fantastic. My dad's the kibinaya. Oh, beautiful. Tarek, thank you so much for coming on the show. No worries. Thanks, Thanks Tarek. Western Sydney Wanderers, Tarek Elrich. Well, we're going to get into more A-League next he's, after the break. He's yes, great. he's very good. Yeah, and box brilliant. To box. box. To box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes. Well, this is Box to Box. What's well, been an A-League hour with uh, Danny Townsend and Tarek Elrich first up. And uh, Dino's got... Um a bit more of it to come. Yeah, well, it was um, it was an interesting round, 24, and uh, I must say a Melbourne City win, which was obviously very much needed, not just only for Warren Joyce, but also to keep Melbourne City in the hunt, or at least to keep the Newcastle Jets away from 
them maybe catching them and as as, as we know already as well wasn't great for the uh, for the tightening up the race for the top six though was no, it no it wasn't it it most probably spoilt it where uh, if the Jets had gone um, then I think it would have been all well it would have been all over I think well the Jets have got a big job haven't they this week they hey, I've got some massive news for this segment <laughs> we have an extremely special guest coming in next week Rob well, hang on didn't you already mention that um, no, I already, no I haven't already mentioned that no no are no. we going to get to hear who it is maybe you said it off air I did say it, set it off here before Dino uh, was in the studio so next week Dino yes. joining us for the A-League segment and stop each time is going to be Jono. Oh, Jono. And Jono is going to uh, give us uh, a, a, an update on where we sit before the last few rounds and finals, just to see who's got their nose in well, front I, and I, who might I sense, panic. I sense from the, the type of uh, oh, come performance on. <laughs> that Edge is bringing, he actually thinks he's leading at no, this stage. No, I have no <laughs> idea. I, Dino, you know I'd love to get in your corner no and back idea. you on this, brother, but uh, no, no. You, you, you do have Jason. a little bit of form in that area. Uh, Jono's uh, father, Jason, is like he's got he's got the votes, uh, you know, all the all the selections and records kept under lock and key. There's no chance of any um, t- or any tampering with those. And then I think also before we look at um, the games, obviously for this week and preview them, um, the pitch uh, last week was poor, and you know it's it's a big blue and it's a big it, blue. It, and it's, I've got to just... say, you know, you would have thought that um, the process leading up to signing the pitch off good enough to play um, and I'm not completely uh, up to date with the detail of what happens there but you would have thought that um, if it was so bad based on Kevin Muscat's post-match comments that uh, there would have been some question over the game going ahead well I would say that I have strong links to knowing that that game was very 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 tight to be played because it looked dangerous from even the officials at the beginning when they were first looking at it but that's the thing is, the but referees are not greenkeepers, though, are they? I mean, how did it get to that point? Surely in the couple of days leading up to it, there is enough uh, inspection going on to classify whether it's good enough or not. Yeah, I would agree. So I would agree with that. Yeah. So but, the FFA has come out with a press release you know, on it saying it wasn't good enough and all that sort of stuff, but, but uh, can we just ask the devil's in the detail, whose responsibility was it to say that it was good enough to go? prior to the teams rocking up to play the game. No, fair enough. Now, obviously this week, Brisbane Raw, Wellington, Friday night, which is tonight. Um, got beat quite convincingly last week, Brisbane, but also Wellington fell slightly short. Um, Didn't they? Adelaide smashed them. I watched that game. But they did come back. There was a chance where they there got was a chance, goal. I know he's yeah, offside because yeah. he, he did jump for it. and that's what. But they were ordinary. They, they started were, the game really ordinary. Um, not really a lot to report in the ins and outs. Um, only that Tobias Mickelson has been promoted and Aaron Reardon uh, for Brisbane. Whether they get in the starting lineup time will tell. Um, in terms of Wellington Phoenix, um, you know they've got a full squad to select from, other than Louis, Louis Fenton, who's out with a seizure and injury. And full yeah, injury. Was a battle to bad injury as well. Yeah, but this, um, you know, the, 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 that that um, result really changes the picture of the uh, the first week of the finals, doesn't it? Because oh, it, does. it now puts Adelaide in um, a, a strong position to to host one of the the knockout finals. And uh, you know, Marco Kurtz, the uh, the man who's not going to be there next it's year. It's incredible. He's done yeah. well to bring them back online, especially because they've got such a skinny squad. But you know, um, I would have thought Wellington's form was a lot better than uh, what they 
presented mm. in Adelaide last week. Um, so they're on 37 points each, aren't they, Dean? Fourth and fifth. So Wellington's got to win this uh, They game. need to win it to stay in, you yeah. know, stay in that fourth place think, because Adelaide's got a difficult game. I think they've got too much uh, firepower, Wellington. They're going to win this game. Yeah, I've got Wellington. Rob? Yes, I think Wellington as well. And then obviously we go to the Melbourne City Adelaide, which is 5v6. There's a lot in this. They're both on, well, there's only one point between Melbourne City and Adelaide. Adelaide ahead. Goal difference, well, the plus difference is uh, Melbourne City just slightly ahead. But it's most probably for both of these clubs a must-win weekend. Yeah, Melbourne City still without Scott Jemison and uh, Maudie Najar. Um, but they get back Vitasic, who's been promoted into the squad, and LaRocca, who returns okay. from injury. Um, in terms of Adelaide, um, interestingly enough, Stamatopoulos is out suspended for two weeks after that very ugly tackle and wasn't a bit good. of a brain fade, wasn't Was. it? It wasn't good. Could have been more than two weeks, could I thought. Could have been, yeah. Um, unavailable uh, is also Bubba Diwara. We know that. Um, Ken Ilso, he's been suspended also. Jordan Elsie, who's been out for a long time, and uh, Ryan Strain. So they're undermanned. Um, uh, I do think that Melbourne City need to win this game. I and, think they do as well. And I do think that their form of recent times... In the last five weeks, they've been really good, except yeah, for that loss the, to the Wanderers. That's who right. Were they have form. been building something. So at home, for me, Melbourne City. Yeah. And especially under pressure for Warren Joyce. Yeah. You've got to take yeah. your hand off him. Me yeah. too. Um, I'm, I'm, with, uh, I'm with Warren. Yep. Um, yeah, I think the, I just think because Adelaide's got those the, the qualities out of the team. And they, uh, Are you going there or are you going to be bold? Don't try to be, <laughs> Dino. I've already made it. Melbourne, right? Melbourne City as well. Okay, right here. Next game, Dino. Yeah, well, this one... There was as my the, old mum used to say, I didn't, oh, God rest her soul, the I didn't come down in the last shower. shower no, no, that's what my grandma says. Um, now, Western Sydney, Wanderers, Sydney FC, it's, uh, it's, well, it's, the, it's the big derby. I think Sydney FC will just have too much for them. Uh, I know Western Sydney Wonders have been playing well at times, especially in the recent times, but I just think um, with regards to Sydney FC and maintaining that push for that top two spot, I, I think Sydney FC will win. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be a great game, hopefully high-scoring, entertaining derby. a big crowd. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I thought other than last week's game against Newcastle Jets, Western Sydney have been very good. Yeah. Um, and I just think the midweek game might take a little bit out of, um, in particular, Sim De Jong. Um, so I'm actually tipping, uh, I, look, you know, as a, as a young la- lad, I grew up on derbies where it didn't matter which, uh, those Heidelberg South Melbourne games, it didn't matter where we were on the ladder. We were always a chance, uh, the burgers. So, so, so you're going for Western Sydney. Oh. Do you see how he gets his uh, Heidelberg Heidelberg, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, that's nothing wrong with that. Um, and then Melbourne victory against Central Coast Mariners. I think this, not so much that the Qs, I know they've travelled Melbourne victory. Mm. Uh, I was but I feel against Central Coast. Uh, well, they sort of didn't do much, did they? They sort of looked like they were witches' hats on Wednesday night. No. Despite the travel, despite the horrendous form they showed in, in China, despite all of that, mm. they will pump Central Coast. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Melbourne victory for me. And then this game is most probably the game of the round for I lots of reasons yeah. because, it, you know, Perth... That's a big call. I mean, especially when you got the derby and also the the Melbourne City Adelaide. I'll tell you where, where, why, why I think it is, Rob. It's if Sydney FC were to win it and Perth were to lose, let's mm. say, yeah. then all of a sudden now, then it would only be three points from top. Mm. Now, Perth go and win it, different story. Newcastle Jets lose it, then the game's all over. 
it's all done and dusted. But if the Jets, this is a must-win Jets game. I think you're game. wearing your heart on your sleve in this well, prognostication well, I, here, Dino. You, it, the, the match is being played in Perth. and It is. <laughs> the Jets it is. have not been in great form. I'm sorry to tell you, my friend, they are going to lose I and think, lose big. Yeah, and look, and I think I'm going to go for Perth because I want some points on the board. <laughs> um, Newcastle Jets um, have, in my opinion, underperformed this year. Um, and Ernie will need to um, take that on notice, but uh, there is um, little chance they're going to beat Perth Glory. The only thing that worries me is uh, is uh, only a personal interest that Chris Ogonomides is out. Did you see yeah. the way he dislocated his shoulder? He just yeah. fell over. But it wasn't as bad. Uh, no, I think uh, Willem said that it, the, the injury wasn't quite as bad as... Well, it was as, dislocated. We they they yeah. whacked it to... The physios whacked it back in on the pitch, but yeah. but um, it just he just fell over. It was just a really weird way he dislocated his shoulders. One of those really innocuous things. Just worried me that he may have a uh, an imposition or predisposed to that type of injury, mm. which worries me. But I think it's a big week, boys. It's um, it's getting to the point here now where. Uh... You know, all mm. the, the last little places. Yeah, and uh, hang on. I'm just going back to Williamson. He said Economides uh, suffered only superficial damage to his shoulder against the Mariners, allowing fears he dislocated it, as, as he'd done previously. That so. might have been a yeah. um, optimistic uh, media manager putting out some information on mm. someone who's... Are you suggesting that Willem um, hasn't done his homework properly? No, I'm not suggesting that at all. Thank what God is coming that... into stoppage time. We what what I'm suggesting is that... Uh, someone come who, in and defend yourself. Someone who's been around the game as long as I have and been on as many sidelines mm. as long as I have. I can tell you when the... Is, um, cranking his shoulder to whack mm. it back in a place. Mm. Uh, that's no, not a superficial injury. All right, Dr. Edgley. Thank All right, you. gentlemen, that'll do. Um, stick around, ladies and gentlemen, because after the break, one of our favourite guests on box to box Jackson Irvine is uh, is going to join us on the line. So uh, we'll, of course, have Soccer Central first and all the action in Europe as well. But, uh, yeah, that is the, uh, the feature of the next hour on box to box now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving Absolutely fantastic! Welcome back. Second edition news, including Soccer Central shortly. Jackson Irvine. Fireside chat with our mate Jackson all the big action in Europe. What a week it has been. And, of course, we'll wrap it up with stoppage time. And Willem's going to join us in stoppage time this week and um, and in future, aren't you, Willem? Absolutely. Yeah, very excited, Rob. Excellent, mate. Well, uh, I'm excited about your next news story about Mary Fowler. Having committed to the Matildas, she now faces a battle to secure a spot in the World Cup squad. She came off the bench last week against the US and will now head to Southeast Asia for an under-16s young Matildas qualifying campaign. She will lead the line under Gary Van Egmont and a bag of goals will do her no harm. And we did talk last week we were going to change it from just Socceroos Central to Matildas Central as well. So uh, getting on the front foot here. Uh, hopefully. Uh... Good news that Mary Fowler has recommitted to the Matildas yes. and uh, yeah. at the age of 16 she'll lead the younger Matildas who are there under 20s. Uh, so good on her. Um, I think she's an outside chance for the World Cup squad. I think Kai Simon and her will probably um, probably compete for one of the last spots of the forwards. Um, so it'll depend on how Kai goes at uh, Orlando, where Kai is playing. She's uh, arrived this week after having all that time off with an injury, and uh, she'll play in the National Women's Soccer League, and we'll get to see Kai Simon. And maybe she'll be a, a late inclusion in the squad. Hasn't figured for some time. and uh, But Mary Fowler, yeah, she got a few minutes uh, over in Denver, Colorado. It looked pretty cold, Rob. Yeah, it did, but... Um, what do you think of the girls' new strip? I don't like it. No, I so, thought it was good. 
Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I think it's dead set ugly. I just fed him a plain Day gold, back, gold and a green shorts, um, gold socks with green piping. Mate, just the simple stuff. You know, why do we have to go with all this complicated rubbish? It was that old spew top that um, we hated 70 years ago. Why are we going to like it anymore now? It's not very creative, is he, with kids, Rob? He's not sold very, a few. Yeah, sold a few. Why, why, why am I not very creative? The Matilda fans absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. It's been a roaring success. All the men's sizes have sold out. Couldn't even buy one for you if, I, if we wanted to, Rob. Thank God for that. The FA Cup dream is over for Matt Ryan. His Brighton lost their semi-final to Manchester City. Ryan conceded early, but made a number of good stops to ensure they were a chance. Unfortunately, the match ended 1-0. There were a few Aussies on the score sheet over the weekend. As mentioned in the first hour, Aaron Moy netted a penalty for Huddersfield. Mustafa Amini scored his second goal of the campaign for Randers in Denmark. They enjoyed a 2-0 win. And Apostolos Janu scored in uh, his second goal of the campaign for Lonurka in Cyprus. He, of course, then pulled out the kangaroo celebration. Oh Willem, Apostolos Janu um, uh, had a good Asian Cup. Um, probably, it did okay. Uh, I think he surprised a lot of people at the UAE. Yep. He's got to get got to get out of Cyprus, doesn't he? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, he's only scored two goals of the season. I mean, he's been signed there because his club played uh, Champions League, but really, it's like, it's, um, and again, I'm not being disparaging to the NPL, but it's probably on the same par as NPL. Yep. Maybe a little bit better, um, but he's got to get out of Cyprus's uh, football play in a better competition, as far as I'm concerned. And Dino, who's walked in the uh, studio, is probably nodding. I've known him for a long time. I coached him as a kid. Yeah, Paul. Uh, he's, yeah, he's known as Paul, but there was yeah, nothing. Paulie when he was a kid. None of this, I couldn't even but say But you would agree, name. wouldn't you? You'd have to get in. He's yeah, got to get out of Cyprus. He does, yeah. Look, uh, it's been interesting. It's I mean, a graveyard it, for Tommy, or it's going to be a graveyard Exactly for right. Yeah. And I think I think sometimes the money or the opportunity gets distorted a little bit at times. And I think, for me, you just want to play at the very highest level you can. And that's mm. how you improve and you get better wages because you're playing at the better levels. Look, he's pulling out the kangaroo celebration. He's clearly... A Proud Australian, get him down to the lead the line at an A League club. Could he? No could he lead the line at Western United, maybe? Well, he's already got a great mate there as the marquee signing. So yeah, but he's also a Melbourne boy, isn't he? Yeah. Old Paul. Do you no, know he's good. He's he might, if he comes back to play in the A League, he might refer to himself as Paul again. He was a he was a talent as well. As he's a, kid, a talent. Yeah, he was, I thought was he had. A kid I through. thought he was good. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Rogic made his first start for Celtic since December and played 71 minutes in a goalless draw. Interestingly, Tommy Juric also returned to the bench for Lutzern for the first time since February. I still expect him to be elsewhere next season, but you just never know with Tommy. No, you don't know with Tommy. He's another one who uh, has found a club that uh, could be considered as a graveyard, really put an anchor on his career. And in the Asian Champions League, Matt Yerman played the full 90 for El Itihad in their 3-2 win over Lokomotiv. They remain second in their group in a strong position to progress. And finally, Bernie Abini has debuted at Jeonbuk Motors in Korea. He played 74 minutes against Incheon in a 2-0 win. Really interested to see how Bernie goes there because he would be on the fringe of soccer selection if he gets some form, no doubt about it. The first legs of the Champions League quarterfinals threw up some excellent football, but some unsavoury incidents on and off the pitch have spoiled the fun. Harry Kane's season could be over after injuring his ankle in Spurs' thrilling win over Man City. Spurs have the advantage heading into the second leg, but will have to do that, get the job done without Kane, who was collected by Fabian Delph on the hour mark. They continue to punch above their weight. I think uh, uh, that was just as much Harry's fault as Fabian Delph's fault. I mean, he, and he really yeah. didn't need to go in for that challenge, did he? I mean, it was right on the halfway mark and... Uh, you know, um, yeah, midway, and, you know, um, you know, you know, at the, it just wasn't 
any, any necessity to go for it, was he? No, but lucky they do. He left the balls there a couple of yards away. Yeah, heat of the moment. Heat uh, of the moment. But I was just thinking to blood pumping around your body. I'm not sure who it was was saying that uh, that Jeff Hurst made uh, you know a conscious decision late in his career to to avoid going for some of those 50-50 balls because he knew that uh, his body was susceptible. And Harry's done that ankle, both ankles, on multiple mm-hmm. occasions. So he's yeah. got a bit, bit hey, more um, about just just while you're talking about Spurs. Um, yeah, good to study, look. Oh, incredible. Can't wait to go there. I'll tell you what, it does look so good. Yeah, and, and it does look brilliant, but uh, on, on the pitch, I mean, how good a start. They've, they've won their opening Premier League match, their opening Champions League Well, it would League lift match. you, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. it's their home. And, uh, and Son. And, and, and Son scored the first in yeah. the two And, counters, and when Harry was injured uh, earlier in the season, Son came on, they, they went on a great run, so... You know, they had player. a better run when Son was playing up front. He's a good player, Son. Yeah, he's very good. But their best player for me. Yeah. Another ugly challenge marred Liverpool's 2-0 victory over Porto, with Mohamed Salah coming under fire for his tackle on Danilo Pereiro, uh, despite not being sanctioned by the ref. Porto president Pinto de Costa laid it on thick after the game, stating, Danilo should thank God because this is a leg breaker. We are lucky he is not en route to hospital. And finally, Ajax impressed many with a dominant performance over Juventus, uh, despite only coming out with a one all draw. Unfortunately, there were at least 140 fans who weren't there to see it after police laid as many arrests prior to the match. Weapons and fireworks were confiscated in a joint venture between Dutch and Italian police. Disgraceful. Fireworks. Edge, if he was over there, he would have been in the middle of it, causing just as much trouble as those fans. Taking them on. I'll tell you what, I'm not biting tonight. You, you, uh, you've, you've called the Matildas strip garbage or rubbish, whatever you call it. And now, you're, again, you're, you're ripping at the culture of the game. No, I'm not. Just a, um, a man who likes to see good behaviour, criminal behaviour at football games. Bit of championship news. Birmingham City have responded to their nine-point deduction in the best possible way, wreaking a bit of havoc at the top of the championship table. They knocked off third-place Leeds last week at home and have backed that up with a one-all draw with Sheffield United, who had been second. The results see Leeds leapfrog Sheffield by a point with five games to play. Whoever finishes high of those two, of course, wins promotion to the Premier League. I tell you what, um, we mention this uh, whenever we talk about Birmingham City, which we've, we have a, quite a bit in the last few weeks. But uh, they're a proud club, and yeah. you expect them to bounce. They don't. They're not down for long. And um, and Rob Tanner's words are ringing in my ears that Birmingham fans uh, take their medicine this year and bounce back next year. Mm. And Gary Monk is a good manager. Love to see them get back into the Premier League at some point. I really would. It's been a particularly bad week for Danny Drinkwater, who was charged with drink driving and left out of Chelsea's Europa League squad for their clash with Prague. Should, should have been drinking water. I was waiting for that. I handed him the story and I'm thinking, I've got the line ready to go. You've stolen it. <laughs> Manager Maurizio sorry. And I don't think anyone else in the world media would have been thinking no, about no, no, that. No, no, drink water by name, not drink water by nature. Serious low-hanging fruit. Maurizio sorry then sunk the boot in, saying drink water has no future at the club because he's not suited to their style of play. He stated, in my opinion, he's a good boy, but he's not suitable for me. Uh, it would seem if Sari stays, Drinkwater goes, although that's no certainty. Yeah, well, apparently he got the, the nod from Sari earlier in the season but and, and he chose not to leave. So, um, you know, he uh, he was brilliant in that uh, incredible season of, of Leicester City and, uh, you know, was, he's, he's played good games for, for England as yeah, well. Um, so, uh, yeah, he just needs to get there. It is one of the great names in, in football, isn't it? Danny Drinkwater. But in Italian. <laughs> in Italian, it sounds a little bit better. Bevelacqua. Bevelacqua, <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Well done, Dina. Uh, well, well, Dina. Well done, Willem. Thank you, my friend. You get to stick around for stoppage time. Okay, we've got our Jackson Irvine chat. Dina, you're obviously going to sit in the chair.
chair for that, mate. No, um, they're lovely. They're, they're flying, aren't they? Going very nice. Flying. And, um, Real good comeback on Derby's tail. Absolutely, yeah. Well, Derby lost on the weekend, so uh, it all sort of went well. Can't beat a drum. No. All right, well, that's all next. Jackson Irvine on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. It's always a special treat when we get our... Friend Jackson Irvine on the show. He's been good to us since we started this show. We followed him from Ross County to Hull City and uh, everything in between, including his Socceroos uh, adventures at the World Cup. Jackson, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Mate, uh, going nicely. So uh, just a, a few games left. I think 15 points on offer. Um, surely um, you, your mates at the Tigers uh, must uh, be playing for you know hope that there's a, a spot in the playoffs. Yeah, of course. Until it's kind of mathematically impossible, you know, we've just been taking it game by game, and we had a interesting kind of right before the international break, we we played QPR at home and were two 0 up at half time, and ended up kind of blowing it and drawing the game two two. And uh, it felt like all doom and gloom after that. It felt like the kind of season was just going to kind of teeter away, and we've come back after international break and you know won three, picked up three straight wins in you know the last ten days, and well and truly in the mix and mm. so we've got two three absolutely massive games coming up now Middlesbrough West Brom and then Sheffield United who are yeah. all above us in the table um, in the next coming up so we're still in with a shout and as, as I said after the win last night we've still well and truly in the mix and politically there's you know there's been a lot going on around the club over the recent years and the spectators uh, you know are famous for having their say how do they react um, or how are they reacting to to the results on the park uh, because uh, really we, we want to see the fans just enjoying the game and um, you know as opposed to, to protesting about what's going on in the head office yeah absolutely um, I think we've kind of provided a little bit of a distraction in that way with what we've done since kind of November no one would have ever expected that we were going to end up where we are now after being you know bottom of the league in mm. October it's been an amazing run and yes you know with everything else that's been surrounding the club over recent years I think it's recent times it's been nice for, to, for them to enjoy a, a run of success again and you know, we haven't lost at home since November you know so the, the home every game at home has given them something to cheer about and never nice you know when, when the fans have that kind of feeling surrounding the club so to give them that kind of a distraction as I said it's been great and the home form's been out of this world really to have been on the run we've been on at home yeah well done Jackson I'm sure that they've got a lot to look forward to and especially up at Borough um, those fans who get on the uh, highway and uh, go and support you mm-hmm. this weekend will enjoy it but um, you mentioned the international break just uh, a moment ago um, did you sort of get to the international window and did your driver turn up to take you to the airport and you had to disappoint him by saying, well, I'm not going anywhere? And I mean, what was it like to have an international break where you weren't dropped from the squad, you weren't anything, it was just that there was no Australian playing, no no Socceroos in action. First time in about 25 years. You went to New York, didn't you? Yeah. Right? yeah. had it on very yeah, good authority from um, my spy in that media house here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I did. Um, it was great. I think it's been four years for myself since I've had a free international window. Um, four years, so 
to get three or four days off in between. Appreciate every moment you get to play for your country, but coming off the back of two the World Cup campaign, yeah. Uh, yeah. Asian and Cup. Then, uh, an Asian Cup campaign as well, and um, I think all the boys enjoyed having three or four days to kind of wind down and uh, physically, especially as but mentally as well, you know, take a little break from football. And as I said, I, I, I made full use of my my three <laughs> four days and when it flew across New York, and uh, yeah, it was it was amazing and never been before so oh, well, well done special. I loved it yeah. yeah yeah so but coming into the another campaign starting in September and it'll be another three four year cycle again so yeah and it's, more um, more um, kind of, unique and interesting yeah. parts of the world to visit Jackson just on the on the international break stuff back here in Australia obviously there's been a, a lot of um, uh, discussion and mostly it's been really positive about Graham Arnold taking on the Ollie Roos and they had a great qualifying round of matches and got into the the final qualifying tournament uh, next January where they'll um, they'll have to fight their way through to get into the Olympic Games but there's been a lot of discussion about the lack of investment in um, the underage program. From someone who's been through that underage program, how much of a lift would it be that the Socceroos coach is actually taking you into those events? I mean, it must give the young boys a big lift. Yeah, well, I think it maybe shows them that there is a you know a very clear pathway for them to eventually break into the into the Socceroos setup. You know, when you know that you're going to be worked. You know, it, it works out that way that you're going to be working with the same manager and I think yeah again it, it makes it feel within touching distance and maybe a little bit of extra motivation to perform and put yourself in his thoughts to get yourself into the senior setup that's for sure as well but, but yeah also tactically you know you imagine he'll be doing very similar things and yep. that means with the chance to come to step up into the into the soccerers, you know, you can have a very clear understanding of the way they want to, of the, the way he wants to play, and that will maybe make it a smoother transition for younger players when they when they make the step up. This is box to box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to the Socceroos and Hull City man Jackson Irvine, Dino. Yeah, uh, hi Jackson, how, how you doing? Good, Danny. So, yeah, good, good, son. Uh, now, you talked uh, earlier about your running to obviously the win that you had uh, in the midweek, uh, well, last night in your time. Uh, Middlesbrough this week, then West Brom, then Sheffield United, then Swansea, yeah. and then Bristol City. They're all, yeah, they're all not doing too bad if you look at the league table. But momentum's an unbelievably good thing, you know, you've won three in a row. So the momentum is certainly with you. And I know the old cliche, it's going to be one game at a time. So with Middlesbrough, obviously the preparation, they'd fallen out from a decent position and then have just mm-hmm. recovered it in midweek just to you know be back in touching distance again. So how, mm-hmm. does the, how does the team prepare for this? So, yeah, they're coming off the back of a bit of a wobble and they've got themselves back on track with the win uh, midweek as well. And they, if followers of the championship will know that they're defensively I think they've conceded the least goals in the league by quite a bit. I think them and Sheffield United have the two best defence in the championship and don't score an awful lot of goals either. They tend to have quite tight games and keep things solid. And we went there last year and it's an incredibly difficult place to go and play. And you know, our waveform has been probably the thing that's maybe dropped us been the difference between us being a few points closer to where we are. So this is an absolutely vital away game. I think the feeling for us is, just as you said, with what the one game at a time kind of approach, it is definitely that because while, as I said, while it's mathematically possible, you just don't want to let that gap open beyond what it is now, that kind of five points. I think with five games to go, once you see that gap really open up, then, you know, obviously you've you've probably just let it slip a little bit too far. But as a club and as players, we're all 
just really enjoying this time and really enjoying this moment. We're not really feeling the pressure because we really have no right to kind of be where we are, uh, considering the way that our season started and, and how we've ended up where we are. Everything from us now has been a bonus. And, of course, the feeling, if it, I really hope it doesn't, but if it does slip away from us in the next five games, it will be disappointing. But the fact that you know, we were in well and truly in the mix of a relegation battle and to now, with five games to go, be talking about a chance of a playoff position, it's testament to how well everybody's done in the last few months and the amazing run that we've been on. For our listeners as well, uh, Jason, there's a lot of uh, you know of, uh, the followers of our show listen to or we listen to they listen to us about the championship because we think it's the best league in the world. We love it. But from a footballer's point of view, what what teams in the league and what individuals that you've played against that have you've, you've thought that this boy can play? You know, the be- the better players in the league versus the better teams that you played against. Yeah, there's been some unbelievable individuals you know the seasons and this season as well and Norwich who are top of the league are you know this is my third season in the championship and they could well be the best team I've played since I've been in this league tactically especially just the way they play approach the game and the way they play is just they always kind of give you a chance we you know we, we only got beat 3-2 and played them at their place and we managed to get a no-all draw at home but in the actual general play their movement and the, the way they move the ball as well as I've seen any team and do so in the championship and uh, some of their individual players they brought in some extremely talented players but probably the most impressive are the two young fullbacks that they've yeah I've heard a lot about them they've been I got a bit of a graveyard shift on the left hand side (laughs) at Tarot Road (laughs) a few weeks ago and and, uh, the young right back he's an exceptional young player he's going to be play at the very very top I've got no doubt about it and um, he looks out through most teams there's one or two players that you see the potential to last night we played Wigan who are struggling in the league but they have a young lad on from Chelsea called Reese James who's another outstanding talent physically technically for his age he's got massive potential as well we've possessed those individuals as well with Jared Bowen who's gonna has a massive future in the game you know 20 over 20 goals again this season for his age he's got every opportunity to kick on and play at the next level as well and I think most teams will look through their squad and and see that they've got individuals capable of going to that level but they're the players you don't want to lose because they're the ones that are the ones that can push you as a club to that next level as well so it's a fine line between you know those individuals that want to progress but also you know you want to keep them on part of your squad you know the team can progress as well. Exciting stuff. Good analysis uh, as well because uh, a lot of our listeners do uh, uh, watch a, a lot of the premier, the championship because um, you know we, mm-hmm. as you know, we get uh, a lot of it on being sports um, on the Foxtel platform, so uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty easy to watch and pretty easy to follow as well. So uh, you know, people are uh, enjoying that. Um, uh, you know, at, uh, at the sort of the, the high level that it is, and you mentioned you know yeah. Norwich and uh, you know the, the, their manager Daniel Farr, the, mm-hmm. the German, the, they they just seem to to bring that tactical now, don't they? The uh, yeah. the German you know, managers with uh, that uh, you know that, that steely determination that they possess. Jackson, mate, look, thank you so much for coming back on the show again. Um, we uh, wish you all the best as you get into the sharp end of the season. And uh, geez, wouldn't it be nice if we were watching a playoff at Wembley, hey? That would be it would be amazing. Yeah. And uh, you know, if we if we manage to do it, it would be uh, an extraordinary feat. So you know, fingers crossed. We've we've got it in our locker. Good, on you, mate. good luck, Jackson. Awesome, yeah. awesome to talk to you. Good luck at Borough. Cheers, guys. Well Thanks done, very much. Much appreciated. No, thank you, Jackson Irvine, soccer superstar and Hull City man as well. All right, we'll get into all the rest of the European action after the break on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? 
for Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Welcome back to Box to Box. Now, so much action in Europe this week. Um, you know, the Premier League's really hotting up. The Championship uh, is just so tight. Um, the Champions League was uh, incredible. Just packed houses, midweek football. FA Cup semis done, completed. That, uh, so. Wolverhampton, Watford match. You've got to feel for the Wolves fans. But before I we get into you, it... You might have been crying, I thought, yeah. after that result. Yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm not going to use the kind of <laughs> language to describe how I felt, um, us Wolves fans. Life on, you know, the old gold were just, uh, you know... Dreaming yeah, of the, of the of Yeah, but uh, it was um, it was just a great game. We'll talk about that in a minute. But before we do, um, you do know because I've been telling you for the last several weeks that it can take up to three weeks before your flu shot begins to protect you. Uh, the flu vaccine this year is the quadrivalent strain, and you can get it at Chemist Warehouse. So arm up for this flu season with the flu shot. It's quick, it's convenient, and affordable. Plus, you don't need to bring in a script. That's the Best thing about it, you don't need to bring in a script. You just got to get online and uh, book it at your local chemist warehouse. The prescription and administration are provided on site by a qualified health professional. As I said this year, the quadrivalent strain, twelve ninety nine for chemist warehouse. Save journey time between the chemist and the GP. Book it online. Be confident. Arm yourself with a flu vaccination from Chemist Warehouse. So get online, chemistwarehouse.com.au slash flu. If you think you don't need it, you probably do. So do it today. Dino. Europe. Yep, we'll start off with the FA Cup semi-finals. Um, one final was totally different to the other. The, so the, it's all started on Saturday. Uh, Manchester City against Brighton. I think everybody on the pitch and in the grandstand as yeah, well. You know, yeah, empty seats. Empty seats. It wasn't the atmosphere that you got the second day, but mm. um, I think Manchester City obviously did enough. Uh, Jesus scored the winner in the fourth minute. Brighton and Ove Albion huffed and puffed, but most probably wasn't the semi-final we were looking for. Mm. And obviously City now keep that quadruple alive still. Um, but the real game of the FA Cup for me was the Watford Wolverhampton Wonders. It was unbelievable. Well, we were only talking about Troy Deeney um, we were, last we? week, weren't yeah. we? Yeah, I mean, look, he, um, they all get, they got off to a bad start. I mean, I've seen the goals. So Doherty scores in the 36th minute. And then uh, Jimenez scored in the 62nd minute. And it was 2-0 and it looked like game over. Anyway, uh, Delefeo comes on as uh, a sub and mm-hmm. turns it around. Great goal for the first one in the 79th minute. Then, <laughs> then uh, basically 94 minutes. So it's like it's four minutes into injury time there's a there's a freak uh, there's penalty incident he goes down it's given as a pen and uh Troydini scores in the 94th minute to then set up extra time of which then Delafeo which scores the winner in the 104th minute and uh, broke the hearts of uh, all those Wolverhampton fans and um lucky Raul Jimenez had his Mexican um uh, oh, mask oh. there to cover his red face because that could that have been one of the greatest gold it? celebrations of all time it but was. Um, it all went sour didn't it it did didn't it it was ridiculous like yeah but it, i thought it was good when it happened it, because it uh, you know brought a bit a little bit of color and they did the same at arsenal but mm. they did actually finish winning so it didn't mm. look so bad <laughs> anyway so yeah. but but the magic of the FA cup oh, look, was it, alive, it, that's for, for me sure. and look i think i think watford will give manchester city a really good go especially mm-hmm. uh, with those two up front and they've got some really good players I mean mm-hmm. the managers had a fabulous year as well they're in the pointy end you know we always talk about Wolves finish seventh Mm. Well, what you want in the FA Cup final is is one of the clubs that doesn't win a lot of things, so that the fans get excited. Of course, you know when you've got the two of the top six teams in the the Premier League, yeah, they just sort of roll along. Yeah, Wembley again, but at least 
least they'll bring some. So now look, I think that's been really good. Now the Champions League was really exciting. Uh, uh, for for the pundits who are obviously British based uh, and any of our listeners who follow the British teams, the the problem we've got there is the games were kicked off at the same time, so mm. you couldn't watch one game and then the other. So mm. you were flicking mm. over. So at my household, we just chose the Tottenham one to stick with it, mm-hmm. and uh, and obviously we'll start with that one. Tottenham Man City, incredible scenes at the the stadium. Mm. Man City took a good contingent there. I thought it was a really good game of chess. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was there was tactical things happening all the way through the game. Mm. Two superb managers, both of them in their own right. And I just thought it was a really, really interesting. Well, when Aguero got that um, that penalty, penalty opportunity relatively early, you thought I was just going to go according to the uh, the nightmare script for. Well, he uh, normally scores, doesn't he? Well, yeah, he's a and, and, and what's interesting that they've said about Pep, he didn't watch it. He couldn't watch the penalty, mm-hmm. and it's strange that you know with the, the, the amount of success he's had, mm. why he can't watch Aguero take a penalty. Mm. So. Sometimes at the best of the managers, most probably the nerves get so many things. Oh, I just don't fancy this. I just don't want to watch it. Mm. And it was his assistant that nudged him and said, oh, he's missed. Mm. And look, and I think had they scored first, it would have been a totally different game. But Tottenham hung in there and then for me started to get on top of the game. And I thought overall, based on a really good tactical Pochettino, I thought they deserved to get the win. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, Son, what a player. What's yeah. a play? Great goal. And... Well, it was just lovely. Well, it's it, it looked like the city and the commentary um, said it that uh, some of the city um, players thought that it had gone over the byline, but uh, it no, clearly it hadn't, and it. he just kept playing, and you VAR, played the whistle, yeah. and then he ducked and weaved and uh, got under that left boot and just uh, pinged it home. And uh, Liverpool, I mean, I think they most probably disappointed they didn't get more than two, mm. uh, but it's, it's still a good lead, two nil away mm. at home to then go to Porto. There was a bad tackle in there. From um, Mo Salah, which yeah. you know wasn't too bad, but Keita in the fifth and Firmino in the 26th. Then on the Wednesday, Ajax and uh, Juventus. Uh, Ronaldo scores just on the stroke of half time, uh, unlike Ronaldo. Yeah. And then, uh, but Ajax, great, great little side, some really mm-hmm. good players in there. And the boy Neres scored the first minute of the second half to to level it. And you know they they took Juventus all the way. Mm-hmm. So. I still expect Juventus to to, to, to finish the job, mm. but I still wouldn't think that ties out of touch. Even like the Tottenham, Manchester City is not out of touch. No. Um, and then the Barcelona, sorry, the Manchester United Barcelona game wasn't the best spectacle. Uh, we watched that. It was a 12-minute own goal. It was a header. It was a great mm. little bit of skill from. Um, from was it Messi, Messi, to, Messi to, then, to Suarez? Then he dinked it to the far mm. post. Suarez headed it yeah. back yeah. towards the far post. It, it looked like the VAR goal as well. Wasn't it? It, but it looked like it was going in. Uh, so I think Luke Shaw, you know, he's going to be a bit hard done by well, you know, for it being called an own goal because uh, you know he just happened to be in the way. He didn't do anything. But I, I think technically, really, even with Porto, um, I still think all these tight. The, the one that most probably looks more home than anyone is Liverpool. Mm. But outside of that, anything can happen in these games. Mm. I really believe that. Yeah. All right. We'll so, find out next week when, by the time yeah. we do the show. Those results will be able. Now, what about before we get into um, uh, this week's Premier League matches? Uh, what about? Um, Eden Hazard against um, West Ham. That's a goal. Uh, it, well, it was it was he he, he treated the uh, the West Ham defence like witches hats, didn't he? It just and, and the commentator uh, referred to him as slaloming through, and it was a perfect word to describe it, wasn't it? Because he just looked like he had it on his own. They were mesmerised, weren't they? It was like Franz Slammer. Well, in, in, in the London Times, there was a front page. There was an amazing photo. Yeah. 
of him just as he's striking the ball. And mm. in the frame is seven West Ham players. No. <laughs> and they're all behind him. Mm. Uh, look, they're all behind talk him. Talk about shop window. Um, but, oh, uh, for Real Madrid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, I, I think I think if he's going to go, he's got to go now. Uh, but I think that. How long has he been at Chelsea? It's been uh, ages. Oh, a long time. Yeah. But the thing is, what will dent it is because they can't. They've got a transfer embargo now, Chelsea. Mm. So they're in a bit of trouble here. And if they were to lose him, they can't replace him. Mm. That's right. All they can do is. Well, be- that, well, they've got a. Uh, the only way they can get a, a fee from him is to get rid of him this year because he's off contract. Correct. And he can go so for me, transfer, for me, so. they're going to have to sell him. Mm. Yeah, they yeah. are. Just anyway, before the yeah, year, yeah. the Premier League, yeah, yeah. Dino. Obviously, there's a lot of new. You know, I like to look at the stuff off the park. There's a lot of news at the moment about uh, the European Club Association has been meeting um, independently of their that European Football Club Association is the big top clubs in Europe, yep. and they've been meeting independently away from their members in England. And there is um, going to be a push to reform the Champions League to not uh, only have some spots up for qualification, but have the big branded clubs effectively in it every year. So even if Barcelona was to finish fifth. That they would still be what in a it. joke that would be. Yeah, yeah. so it, that's that's exactly correct. You were right on the money, Rob. But what's interesting is that they've been leaving the English clubs out of it. It's been getting a few noses out of joint and a, a little peep at some of the English clubs panicking. So mm. there is a chance where um, they wouldn't include Manchester United or Manchester City, uh, guarantee them a spot in the new Champions League in the event they went down this path. So there's a lot of murky stuff going on. It's all behind the, uh, behind the, the, the closed doors and... Um, yeah, it's the clubs trying to European big clubs trying to maximise their brands. Yeah, so um, and then obviously talking about weekend games. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Which would would be interesting, wouldn't it? It yeah. would. Uh, well, the Premiership's obviously hotting up um, with Chelsea's win in midweek, uh, put them into third place and they haven't been there for quite a while. Um, but Tottenham have have got a game in hand, so if they were to win that as well as Arsenal. Either either one of those were to win their game, they would go ahead of uh, Chelsea on goal difference. So it's still very, very tight. Manchester United are, are not too far behind on 61 points, but it's really a two-horse race at the top with Liverpool and Manchester City. And I think this week's games, there's, there's a few games where Tottenham really should take care of Huddersfield Town. Um, the big one I, I'm, I'm looking at really is, is is really more down the bottom. Well, we've, we'll go we'll go we'll go to the next one. Liverpool Chelsea. This is a big game for both teams. Obviously Liverpool because they want to win the league, but Chelsea to keep them in touching distance. And this is on the Sunday, so it's one v three, but it's still a 16 point gap. One v three. Um, and then the other game is it really is Cardiff twice because it's really in Cardiff's hands if they were to get a result. Uh, firstly, they um, they travel to Burnley, so it's 14 v uh, 18th, so it's not a million miles from them. And Burnley have started to turn the corner a little bit. And then the next one's Brighton and Cardiff, which is 16 and 18, only a five-point gap. This could turn the whole thing upside down from next Tuesday next week. Those if results. Cardiff were to win both of those games, then that would then bring a whole new look down to that bottom. They lose both, they're gone. Mm. So it's a massive week for Cardiff. Massive week. Huge week for Cardiff. Huge week for uh, Liverpool. It is. Manchester City. Can Palace 
um, take a point off City well, at home? You just don't know. I mean, they beat well, they them. Beat they beat them last time. They beat them last time, didn't they? Last mm-hmm. time, didn't it? Uh, I was nearly said main. That road. was in that mid. <laughs> that was, yeah. that was in that sort of <laughs> slump that time, City yeah. had, wasn't it? It that was. They brought it, Liverpool it, back it, in. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, um, so look, uh, interesting, interesting games this week. Um, we should get Simon Hill to talk about Main Road at some point. He said it was the coldest place in the it world. It was. <laughs> I've been. Yeah, it was. My my dad played there once. Uh, it was about 73, 74. And uh, he'd just come on a sub, and he just first thing he did, he tackled, hammered the boy in the box, penalty. <laughs> Not a good start for the boy, anyway. But yeah, we should get Simon Hill on that. Yeah. And um, just on the Premier League too, um, another little tidbit off the park. There was a lot of talk early in the week that La Liga Supremo, who is a quite an interesting cat in his own right, La Liga boss Javier Tabas was going to be the new Premier League CEO. There was two days of further and Fleet Street. The papers were going mad. The talk shows were going mad, and then. Two days later, he, he knocked them back. So we, we, we almost, uh, we've almost hit 12 months without the Premier League having a CEO, and their fourth candidate has rejected it. So I don't know where they're at with this thing, but, um, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Now we'll go to the Championship. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Um, it's been a, a hectic uh, campaign over Saturday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um Big, some big results, but most probably what I think we should do is just focus on the games this week. Yeah. It's Villa versus Bristol City, 5v6, one point, uh, in, in one point difference, but Bristol City have got a game in hand. So and they're in form, Bristol City. They are, and, but Villa have not been too bad either. No. Derby, they must win. They, they're playing against uh, Bolton Wanderers, who were in all sorts of trouble on and off the who field. Who had a win last week. Couldn't believe That's it. That's right. So we need we need Derby to get up three points there. Uh, Middlesbrough and Hull. Now, Hull's come from nowhere. And mm. all of a sudden now, they're level with Jackson. Derby. And, yeah, Very happy with his Jackson. performance. And Middlesbrough were free-falling a little bit, but they did get a win on the weekend uh, at Bolton. Uh, but... Uh, I think that's going to be a really interesting one with regards to... Well, Hull can overtake them, can't Well, they? that's right. Yeah. And, and Hull can still make the playoffs. Who's at home? Who's home game? Uh, the home game is it's Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. So it's not it's tough up there. And then the other game... It is smells Middlesbrough. up there too, too. It does. <laughs> and it's bog. Um, and it's Leeds United against Sheffield Sorry, Wednesday. Sorry, shouldn't do so any jokes, should we? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've, we shouldn't. But it, but it does have its <laughs> moments. It's uh, Leeds against Sheffield Wednesday. It's 2v10, but it's really Sheffield Wednesday's last chance to make a play for the playoffs and it's leads to maybe get that opportunity to get well, in that you top know, two spot. Sheffield United's right on the heels, aren't they? It's tight. It's yeah. it's 84, 85 Norwich, Leeds 79, Sheffield United 78, and that's really it's a fight there. And then you can put a blanket over about six clubs to get promoted, to promoted into the, the Norwich. Right, well done, mm. That'll do, gentlemen, because we do need to leave at least a couple of minutes for stoppage time, because if we don't, we'll just end the show and there will be no stoppage time. And that's not good. Right. So stick around, because we still have some time left on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box, the fourth official signal zizzle. Seven minutes left in stoppage time. What a good show it's been tonight. We've had uh, some great guests. Danny Townsend, the CEO of Sydney FC, and my... Uh, my Lebanese brother, Tarek Elrich. Yeah. Didn't you play that up? <laughs> yeah, well, I did. Of course I would. I'm very proud. What was your, your mum's... Uh, well, what was the, the, the food that she made that just used to make your mouth melt? You know, when you go to a Lebanese restaurant and uh, it's... Uh, there's usually, or there will always be a dish of chicken. It might be barbecued or fried or roast chicken pieces with garlic sauce, like made out of uh, crushed garlic, so you get the mortar and pestle. 
Um, you get the garlic, cloves and salt and you crush it into a paste. And then you gradually, once you've made it into a paste, you drizzle olive oil into it and you stir it around, get the olive oil and the garlic and then lemon juice. So garlic, salt, lemon juice, olive oil. And then you get the chicken and chips. Mum used to make these fantastic double fried chips and a beautiful salad. It was fantastic as Nigel gets the, uh, the Lebanese music <laughs> in the know, background. I'm feeling my cultural heritage coming through. So that was my favourite dish that mum used to what make. What about your mum uh, growing up in Wales, Dino? What well, would she I was, make? I was just going to touch on lamb's fry. Hmm. Now, when it's cooked well, I mean any offal, well, I like. I do. I like tripe and liver, but it's got to be cooked well. I was I was a busboy for mm. a Lebanese uh, restaurant. Mm. That was my very first job okay. in America. Uh, but my my favourite. You know, from your, from what your mum made as you're a kid, what what would your mum make that uh, you just oh, thought cooked was dinner? Cooked dinner. Like a roast, you mean? Roast, roast lamb. Mm. Roast yeah. lamb with all the trimmings. Gravy. All the trimmings. And all the those. gravy was outstanding. Yeah, makes it. Yeah. Will it? Yeah, Dutch oh, heritage. Mate. Um, no, I'm more cooking on mum's side. Mum's chicken Caesar salad absolutely stand out. I love mine. a good chicken Caesar. Mm. Okay. Did she yeah, poach the egg? Uh, no, nah, uh, boiled. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. sliced up. So yeah, yeah spent cool. six months away from home last year, and that was the one thing I just couldn't find. <laughs> nice what about you? And then at Christmas time, yeah. ice cream cake with crushed up pavlova through it. Yeah, it's good. A bit of passion for it over the top, and a very few very frozen nice. berries. Yeah, 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 I like Edge, that. Edge, what are you looking at? Well, my mum used to make uh, my mum used to make sweet curried sausages, which mm. were very, very good. That's old school, but it's lovely. Yeah, I like curried sausages. Good. It's probably straight out of the Margaret Fulton cookbook. Yeah, but, but Margaret. But I tell was... you what, uh, my mother Margaret, God, God love her. She's still going around. She's yeah, doing yeah. good. Whenever she rings up and says, "You're going to come home and have a meal," would you like me to cook curry sausages? I'd, so she boil them. Oh yeah. The Keen's curry paste. Yeah, in there. all that sort of stuff. She cook, but... serve it on rice or mashed potato. Rice. Yeah, yeah, rice is good. Yeah, it gets and, that curry uh, flavour in there. All the sweet uh, fruit in it as well. It's good, you know. Yeah. A bit of apple in it. Yeah, yeah. Raisins. Sultanas. Yes. Sultanas, yeah. yeah, very nice. It was good. Jeez, it. this is the cooking gig. Uh, anyway, uh, having said all of that. <laughs> we, and, and we didn't even acknowledge our mate Jackson Irvine, the poor, poor guy. But before you do, um, we were talking about family, and I want to talk about a family thing, because families grow and they need to start to store some stuff and where do they go when they need to store stuff they go to they go to storage king. of course they do with your family growing when you accumulate all that sort of stuff and you've got to declutter you get the storage king you've got all the space back in your home for your growing family and you have got your stuff safely secured at storage king so get onto storageking.com.au all the sizes are catered for that you need easy access high security premises our mates storage king legends they are michael what were you going to say I was going to say, let's back to some serious stuff for a moment. Uh, a little bit of action on the weekend. If uh, if you're like me and you had to spend your Saturday afternoon in front of the computer working, uh, I just thought for a bit of fun I'd put on the AFC elections, live stream from Kuala Lumpur. That's what people do. They watch the AFC elections when they're trying to relax at home. I did. And yeah. I just wanted to make it, I just wanted to bring you to you a couple sort of, of enhances. A couple of my observations. Sort of, uh, a couple um, of my observations. Reputation. Um, the first observation was the gentleman from Bhutan hmm. um, attended and voted in national dress. Okay, that would have been a little sort of yeah, yeah, and like a skirt thing. skirt type thing. Hmm. Um, outstanding performance. He got a he almost got a standing ovation. Well, did every you time did you voted. watch the the elections when you were at home no, on the weekend? Didn't, didn't the other thing I noticed was didn't have it on seriously. No. So the other thing is because um, oh, there's been some reform around gender in. Um, in FIFA jurisdictions, uh, the AFC have to elect a vice president, a female a vice president, and she goes along with other five other five vice presidents to the FIFA executive committee, 
and she sits on that. And Moya Dodd, the Australian, has uh, done that a, a couple of terms ago. But the contest... Um, you got the riveting stuff for stoppage well, time, Mitch. I no, mean, no, our no, listeners no, just no, hanging no. out to hear... I just want to see what you thought when the two candidates that were were finalised mm. for that female vice president position to go to the FIFA Exco mm. was a representative from Bangladesh and the representative from North Korea. Well, I think it was a rort. That's probably what I think. What and else have you got? You've got to have something better no, than no, the bloody I just, AFC just elections. Throw something in? Yeah. Uh, I just thought there's, that's, a, there's a long way to go for this. There's place. a close friend that you know very well, Sean Lane. Yeah. He's taken a job in he Bangladesh. Has. Yeah, he okay. has. Well, who's Sean? So, Sean Lane, um, aren't familiar so with Sean Lane played in the National League. He, he grew up in England, played for Hereford. Uh, along with... Uh, Why don't you get a Ian cold Dobson, beer over there? Ian Dobson and Frank McGrillis were at the yeah, club at the time. That's right. Um, so it's a bit of a family. Uh, yeah. He came over here, played for Preston, Juventus, did really, really well. Got into coaching, lives in the Gold Coast, uh, coached the Brisbane uh, Strikers, coached at Gold Coast now as and, and two, two or three Preston. teams. Played at Preston for many years. In the National League. And yeah. he, through a friend of mine, uh, Paul Smalley, who is the technical director of Bangladesh Football, there was a job going. There's a team that's struggling, and he's gone over for four months. Unbelievable. Will he get a cold beer over there? He, he most probably would. He did show, me a, it, he show me a picture. He would oh, find no, it. Is it a tuk-tuk? Is that what they call them? Tuk-tuk, yeah. The tuk-tuk was going there, right? And I, I sent a message back to him. I said, I said, is, uh, is that your striker? And he goes, no, sorry, I said, is that the team bus? He goes, no, no, that's me striker. <laughs> so, Willem, um, have you got anything to add to this riveting conversation in Stoppage Shop? What's the name of the uh, team? Chittagong oh, Chiefs or... Oh, I don't know. I can't Duck remember. Dragons. It, it's, they're struggling, put it that way. Yeah, yeah you reckon the plane the, surface would be? They're not at the pointy end. Yeah. Be a bit we muddy. They have a few floods yeah. in Bangladesh. That must be a muddy plane surface. Yeah, it would be. Well, this is going to go into the uh, the treasure chest of um, of, of um, stoppage time editions, uh, isn't it? You know, the listeners will be out there thinking, "Geez, what sort of uh, you know uh, drivel have t- served up for us this week?" You know, we're we're sort of getting with Danny Townsend, Tarek Elridge, Jackson Irvine, and now Edge wheels out the AFC elections with the Bhutanese cap. Yeah, I did. And Chris Nicker was elected to the AFC executive well, committee. Yeah, well done to Chris. Well done to Chris. Um, uh, uh, the we para- got to wrap it up. we got no time. Pararoos. Well, that is a serious story. Pararoos are preparing for their uh, World Cup. Um, well, we've had a Pararoo um, on the show once. We have. Before, we have. So, yeah, Benny Roach, we should get him back yeah. on. Um, they basically play Ukraine, Argentina and Spain, and their squad's been announced. Okay, well, we'll do that. In the World Cup. Good luck to the Pararoos. Willem, thank you. Thank you. Dean. Thank you. Michael. Nigel. Roberto. What is uh, Robert in Lebanese? Robert. (laughs) 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 Join us next week, ladies and gentlemen, when we go from under the pitch to the other end of the game on Box to Box.